World Premiere. Hey ho everybody and welcome to another episode of Screen Splitters, the podcast of all things co-op, couch co-op and just coming together to play games. It is a scorching hot day in the UK today but we are here to deliver you some fun and entertainment in this podcast. I am your top of the screen host, Jam, and with me is my bottom of the screen, Player B... Player 2, people don't really say Player B, do they? Player B. is here. Hello. <laughs> Excellent. And in this episode, we're going to be covering... It's been a while, but since now that the dust has settled, we'll kind of touch on E3 a little bit. Some of the very small amounts of cult things that happened that were announced at E3. And then we'll be covering Unravel Die, digging deep into Unravel 2. And talking about something that you may think, wait a second, this is not cult, but it kind of has a co-op flavour to it which is the amazing adventures of Captain Spirits and then we'll be polishing off the episode with some pretty big news which is pretty funny into our first official episode of the Screen Splitters so that's something that you'll have to listen all the way to find out what it is though I'm not going to spoil that right here anyway let's get straight into it let's dive in deep um, how are you though tonight me Tendi how are things Warm. Sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a lovely picture to start our lovely visit. Well, people can just think of that what they will. They, they, most people think of me like this blue slug, I think, with maybe a tuft of hair at the top with like a British bow tie. Some round glasses mm. with your cup mm. of tea in the corner. Yep, slipping that crumpets. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that beautiful on that beautiful note, oh, yeah. happened didn't it a yeah. while ago so, um, a long long time ago but people probably might have met people might think oh God, I don't care but I kind of like the kind of the dust settle period where you know we've had all the excitement and the wonder and then we've even had the period now where we've kind of lost the kind of joy of E3 where uh, we found out more information about the games and realised oh they're not that interesting anymore but anyway co-op stuff did happen I mean let's just kind of kick into it I'm only going to kind of go through I did want to kind of get your take on E3 generally which is not co-op related because you really interested me with what did interest you about E3 because we kind of had a bit of a almost like a role reversal in terms of gaming because you were quite interested in quite a few games in this uh, this year compared to maybe previous years for yourself wasn't it? Yeah yeah well I I generally kind of more watch it as a background thing with you there, being the yeah. main main one watching it um but there there were i mean it was as not everyone will probably like but it was more lady heavy in a lot of games of let and more quite strong you know women protagonists in the featuring for me one of the ones that stood out was battlefield which is weird, is yeah. that, isn't it? It's, it's, <laughs> but wait, women weren't in World War Two. God. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, initially, I feel like it's based in Iceland, and we love Iceland, so mm, you know, mm. that's like a, a. If it is Iceland, it's a big yeah. Game not for really. Us. What I do know about uh, Battlefield V or Five, I I, mean, I still keep calling it V because it does the Roman numeral this time. Is uh, in Battlefield One, they kind of get, went with the story approach where they told different, or they, as they said, the untold stories of World War One. And it seems like with Battlefield V, they're doing the same. So I don't think it's going to be only set in Iceland. That'll be one of the mm. many sort of tales they tell. And it's probably likely for anyone that. Uh, I don't personally. I don't um, 
pander to the whole like people getting annoyed about the women thing. It doesn't matter, guys. People, women have been in games for years. It doesn't matter. But I'm not sure it'll just all only be women protagonists. But hey, if it is, maybe that'll be a surprise. You know, sure. Why not? Yeah. Not against it. But but the, the focus, at least in the trailer at the moment, yeah. is on is on the, the front cover is a lady. Um, yeah. There's and a prosthetic arm. Not in the front cover. There's a girl with a prosthetic arm in the game, and um, it was in a reveal trailer at some point. Um, oh, I I just thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, I was interested in the Star Wars game previously yeah Battlefront 2 because that's a female yeah because it was just cool and I like then the fact that it was a bad lady as well and I think you don't often get that as a different perspective Um, but that's on a different old tangent doesn't matter Um, that's what we're here to chat about really so uh, I mean it's funny because it's obviously more you know you have no interest in the multiplayer I'm assuming it's really just story focused (laughs) but then again that's kind of how I felt with like Battlefield 1 really I I didn't touch the didn't touch the multiplayer at all because I'm crap at stuff like that. So, and um, and I don't have friends to play with. Sad face, but for the uh, but yeah, the, the campaigns were always interesting. <laughs> you don't make friends with single player. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't no. You don't. They didn't really say. I, I think there is some form of kind of cop element in Battlefield, but I'm almost certain it's not split screen so it'll probably be cop online only as it seems to be aware of these sort of games. We you were interested as well in um, Gears Five, I guess. Yes. Yes. Is it yeah. Kat, Kate, who's the, who was one of the protagonists in Gears 4? Yeah. But you, you kind of enjoyed Gears, Gears yeah, 4. Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, I mean, you tried to get me into Gears years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't You didn't really, like the Doobro stuff. No, I didn't really. But and also, felt, for some reason, I found the controls really finicky. I couldn't mm. seem to really get, get around it properly. But then we played Gears 4. 4? Yeah, Gears 4, 4. 4. Yeah, that's the first played one Gears you played. 4. And I really enjoyed that. And then I... We, we went, went back, back and played, we played every the rest. single version, probably except we didn't finish Judgment, but no, but, we <laughs> but then not many people did. And so, um, yeah, I'm quite interested to see obviously where where the story goes in five, so that'd be good. And similarly, there is also obviously Wolfenstein. Um, Wolfenstein, the young, the young blood. blood. I brought Jam the New Order. Uh, yeah, the New Order. Um, yeah, last yeah. year, which is good. Um, yeah, enjoyed which, that. yeah, and I I quite liked watching what I did watch which was quite fun um, but I mean it's not really over the top violence yeah. oh gosh yes but I quite like the lady in it uh, yeah. but it wasn't exactly you know the game I would necessarily pick for myself to play mm-hmm. but as soon Still as I was sort of like oh two, two cool girls yeah I'll play that yeah, you know yeah. I mean I just think is... that you know most it's harks back really from what I used to play with Mass Effect and I, mm. I often felt you know you played this male ship which I, when I did, I made yeah. derpy mail. Yeah, he was just. Because I lack any imagination. Very <laughs> neutral. I mean, just looking at the voice acting, different. You can often. I mean, yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong. There are some really good male voice actors, but for some reason, a lot of the time, the female voice actors and the portrayal of them is so much better. You know, I always think you kind of get a lot more out of it. But I mean, I may be wrong. I mean, not all, we'll not say, all, yeah. all female voice actors are not as good as each no, other in the same thing. But I, I'm quite a. a forward to playing young blood and it'd be even cool in this opportunity then because they're twins to have cop yeah i i feel this is almost a certainty we'll have split screen in it, especially the way they're selling it on it they're, they're, whether to say oh this is a co-op experience it almost seems silly if they probably will have online as well but what's interesting as well coming post e3 is that the young blood to me seems like one of those expansion kind of games a bit like the old blood of the first you know the, the first wolf well the first new Wolfenstein game i guess i'm so confusing when there's so many darn games in the series because uh, they've already had pre-orders up already for the game and they're already setting it about 30 pound which is significantly less than a like first you know 
um, first retail game where it's usually like 50, you know, first day retail game about 50 quid. So that'd be interesting to see, but that's I think coming out at some point next year. And then of course we had, I guess we could brush through these, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, lead fit, well there's two lead, you can be male or female, mm. but they are saying that the female lead, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, for Cassandra or something, or something Greek, is uh, so but she's the, considered the like the main one to play as. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, obviously you're interested in that one, because you've been a big fan of even Raider, the yeah. terribly titled new Tomb Raider game. Yeah, and, and the fact that I obviously didn't finish the second one. Not so, intentionally. <laughs> Tomb Raider, uh, at least the reboot series, trying to go for worst title next to the Planet of the Apes series. Yeah, it's, it's you know, they were following the same Planet of the Apes vibe. Rise of the Tomb Raider. They've uh, moved yeah. away from it now. Yeah. Um, I'm excited yet, about this, but you can. And Control as well. Oh, Control, yeah, yeah. The Remedy's new out. game, which is looking to be more of a game than and less of a TV experience. And um, yeah, look, some people have said to me they like the TV thing. It didn't hit me the way I liked it, even though Broyles was Broyles being the... That's not actually the actor's name. It's the guy that was in Fringe. What, do you know what the actor's name is top of your head? Um, he's also no. in... Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. That's the thing. He's just Broyles to he's me. In, he's <laughs> in Horizon Zero Dawn. He's the bad... He, he pops up where he's needed in yeah. various. <laughs> usually he's wearing a suit of some sort. Often in a suit. Well, often is you know you can't tell if he's a good guy or a bad guy or what yeah. kind of guy he may be, but he's pretty cool. And then obviously there's Iceman as well. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember the name of. Yeah, Quantum Break was fine. Um, the the TV parts of it, I just felt broke up the the gameplay part and felt kind of unnecessary. Looking back on it, especially the fact that there's no sequel coming out for it, and that game really ended with a kind of like, oh, is that it? I didn't hate it. I like the game. I just didn't. But I'm glad that Control appears to be more just sticking to the in-game sort of stuff which will be good to see so yeah definitely interested to see where that goes well and then let's go to the co-op stuff basically we already mentioned you know uh, Wolfenstein the young blood is coming out uh, Smash Brothers it's kind of my it might the reason I say I put this on the list is it might have co-op because um, the Wii version of Smash Brothers did have a campaign like a single player campaign which you could play couch co-op so it'll be interesting if they bring that back for Ultimate Smash Brothers dun, dun, dun. that'd be something you're interested in Play some Smash Brothers on the couch. Not as much. Don't want to get eaten by Kirby. <laughs> no, not really. Kirby is not my favourite. You can transform into all of the characters. Or is that like 60 of them? Anyway, moving on though. There's obviously Pokemon Let's Go. It was announced before E3, but that's the... Um... I, I actually, I'm more excited about the fact that you can have a Pokeball that you Carried. Yeah, the Pokemon controller. Yeah. The, the Pokemon control, Pokeball controller, Pokemon I should controller. say. <laughs> and you can take Pikachu or whoever around with you. Um, I am I'm, I'm, I was excited about the fact in Tearaway Unraveled, Unraveled, Tearaway <laughs> Unleashed. Um, is that, is that what it's called? I can't it's not what it's called. What's, what's the called on the... Oh, what's it called? I don't know. It's not Unleashed, but it's... Um, no, it's not Unboxed. What, is that Un-something? Yeah. It's, the, it's like the Messenger. Yeah, basically in when they read it to PlayStation 4, and you could put the squirrel into your controller and shake him like he was in there. I love that. I um, like that sort of thing. The fact that you can take the Pokeball around and be like, oh, I've got so-and-so in my pocket. I've got a Bulbasaur. He's <laughs> yeah. just hiding in Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll certainly go down well at the worth of the four work now and then yeah but, that, I, I, I quite like that but it's a casual pokemon experience so it comes comes across like it's gonna be less of the grind and more of just the fun but you can play together you both have a joy con in one hand you both fling the joy con at the tv get it stuck in the tv well, and probably break it, it. Television. yeah 
you know, make, add to that, make, make another website, you know, obviously called the Switch has a problem. So I've said there's a website a long, long, long time ago now, back when I was a, God, it must be in university called We Have a Problem. There's uh, various pictures of Wii's in tele- embedded in TVs and stuff. So I think some of them must have been fake. I don't know how real some of those were, but it was a, it was a fun time. But that's not probably going to this day. Super Mario Party, of course, that'll probably, it's kind of co-op in a sense. It's a game that you can play with several people. I mean, it's got this gimmick to it where you can actually seem to put multiple Switch tablets together to have some fun with it. Not sure how that'll work, but sure, maybe. I mean, I do like the idea of just the one Switch, you know, and you can have multiple people climbing around it. That's it, yeah, tear away, unfolded. Unfolded! That's what Nintendo was just brewing, thinking, what is that name? That thing. And of course, well, before we get on to the main one we're going to talk about is Overcooked 2. Oh, yes, which is very coming soon. Overexcited! Overly excited! <laughs> yes, Overcooked, uh, really one of my. God, I mean, was that last year now? It feels like it was even longer. Because we just played. No, I think originally it was the year before we played. Well, I mean, I I played it originally at one of the EGXs, like when it was really early, and uh, just played it and thought, God, this is going to be a ton of fun. And I remember the the developers at the time, um, it's a Ghost Town, I think, uh, the, the nice bunch of chaps actually, and they were really big into the kind of like this is a co-op couch co-op experience. Um, that the original game, of course, was only couch co-op. You could only play that locally, but the extension to the second game is it's going to be internet and couch co-op. Really, kind of like a way out. Overcooked to me is a game that you really can only enjoy it with other people. Although they, this one certainly gives you the option to play it alone, it, it just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel... There's like, something about shouting at each other. Literally <laughs> screaming at people to do stuff. And uh, I, I loved the first Overcooked. That was such a nice surprise. It was, dare I say, that it was fresh and oh. different because it's about cooking and stuff like that. But just so much fun we've played it us together and we've also extended that to four player with some other people as well so we have um played the traumatic kitchen that takes several people in the kitchen at once and the game yet yeah, the game gets more difficult the more people you have the more people you got to shout at and overcooked 2 really is probably what i would expect for a sequel of this game where it, it seems to be more but bigger more more levels more challenges um looks like they've I'm hoping they maybe brushed up some of the issues that I you know, kind of had with the first one because it was obviously the only game. But then again, you know what? If they just repeated exactly what I did with the first one, just give us more levels, I won't say no because that was a lot of fun. And that's coming out very soon, August. So that would be a day one purchase, possibly a future podcast. Watch this space. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or watch um, this plate. Yep. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> so what's quite interesting um, might be worth mentioning is Overcooked 2, if you go physical, because it's obviously been released on everything. It's going, it's Xbox, PlayStation 4, Switch um, and PC as well. If you go physical and Switch, it's £30 on day one of release. But if you go digital, it's £10 less because of the infamous Switch tax. So this will be a digital purchase, I think, for this one. This is one of the examples where digital is, to me, is the way to go. So the, there was a bit of a big initiative that you're a little bit sad about Free Free, which was Yoshi wasn't yes. given a in, but Yoshi is on the way. It is still coming. They just decided that E3 wasn't the place to show it, show it off. Yoshi obviously kind of will be a spiritual sequel to Willy World on the Wii U and kind of the 3DS, which was also a bit of a spin-off, but, you know, lovely little cute charming carp experience that was fun to play and that looks like the sequel is going to be more of that we did see it e3 last year it's i believe it's still touted to be out this year at some point but my theory is i'll probably i don't know we guess christmas release now and they haven't really said much about it but it might i don't think it'll be nintendo to be a surprise breeze but we'll see but 
EA with the being with the first press conference. Uh, most pretty much the EA press conference bored me to tears because they didn't really show anything interesting. But there were two games that interested me. There was Sea of Solitude, which is a cute little indie game that looks to be obviously a solo experience, but it's. Um, I just, I just like it when those EA Originals developers come out on stage and talk about the passion. It was this German lady, wasn't it, who uh, was saying about the... It's a story about loneliness and really, really like the art style of that and quite look forward to that game. But before that happened, we had a big announcement of a little game called Unravel 2. which I was very, very shocked was announced that day. And also very, even more excited because they said it was available on day one. So yeah, I... Cute refreshing the Xbox store as many times as possible. Literally, yes. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. So, so yeah, I, I put that in the review that I wrote for Gaming History on One's website, which was, yep, refreshed the refreshed page several times, turned the Xbox off and on, I think, three times. I was all How much was it on launch? It was like 69.9, 79.9 as well. Well, I wasn't ashamed to pay that, but... Yeah, Unravel 2 came out. I mean, might as well just quickly go briefly into it. Like, loved, loved, loved Unravel, the original game. Really, really, really enjoyed it. It sort of was one of those games that just sort of hit me to my heart at the right place, right time. Gave you the feels. Gave you the feels. Beautiful soundtrack, beautiful premise. Uh, just a gorgeous looking game, I think. Uh, but not a game that was without its... It had, did have its problem. Most notably, its problem being that it kind of came across these kind of it hit these walls throughout the game where moments of frustration where the game was always at its strongest when you're kind of casually swinging around solving puzzles quite relaxingly and then every so often the game would kind of make things just arduously difficult for you and you could make it through you could especially um is a single player experience the first one but it was a chore and it was difficult and I, the message I kind of took back because it kind of did it at the end why about the whole it did the whole cheesiness of you know bonds forming and all that sort of stuff at the end and it was cute it's cute and cuddly but it made you think oh you know through great difficulties you can overcome these things and then you're thinking when the guy came out um Shalin his name the Shalin I think which I think was the same guy that did it the previous time at EA's conference the shy guy but he does seem to have improved a bit with his um presentation a little bit of still a bit of the nerves but not as notable from his first encounter and um, he reveals unravel 2 and it and i was kind of because he talks about the new you know, bonds breaking and new bonds forming and obviously the most notable thing which we saw in the trailer is it's now co-op and this is something we both predicted before the game would even come out saying wouldn't it be interesting if unravel 2 was a co-op experience and here we are unravel 2 is a co-op experience yep played it pretty much i guess next day really we, we, we much, got we dug yeah. into it and um sunk our teeth into it and that's really what we're going to be talking about right now is unravel 2 and everyone that has read my review on game which i'm going to plug many times so, yeah. <laughs> on gaming history review this because i don't want to say this was one of the hardest game reviews i ever wrote um in my <laughs> kind of game writing career not that it's very big <laughs> but i struggled to write this review because unravel 2 disappointed me very very heavily and almost almost on an emotional yeah, level because I mean, of how much i like the first one and we were and are quite invested in unravel it's, i mean it's it's it was such a sweet game i mean i watched jam play the first one and you know we had this really big excitement about the fact that oh we can play the second one together 
and it just it still looked amazing it still sounded amazing you know it had all of it, those things to it but it just it fell short of the mark unfortunately it, it had everything it was from an, from its first initial impression it felt very safe where it was just more of the same even to the note like, um, that i said that some of the backgrounds were almost identical like there was a because i went back and played the original for preparation for the review there's a hedgehog that comes around that we saw in the car the, the second game and in the first game that same hedgehog is in there there's like they re- recycle the same assets and i'm not saying that's a bad thing but it kind of loses a bit of the magic of making this unique and mm. memorable. They, they kind of do the same sort of story trope where there's something ominously going on in the background, but they, rather than doing the multiple stories from the first game where they have multiple kind of like shadows of different characters and different stories playing out, this one is just following kind of like two kids who are wearing coloured outfits similar to your 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 Rani characters, basically. That It just, it felt... It just didn't feel as special, really. And that's even before we even get into my main kind of issues with Unravel yeah, 2. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, it might be worth just mentioning some of the good stuff. It's you know, Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like we were saying, the, the music, the fact that it is co-op initially yeah, is really yeah. good. You get to, as time progresses, um, and after certain levels, which we'll go into in a second, you get to choose the colours of your Yarny, you get to choose the heads, the bodies. So you've got a lot more free range on the appearance of of your yarny i've lost what i was talking about <laughs> that's okay that's okay it's great that you can play together it seems like a great idea as well they even sort of said i think in that same conference that i think the air guy said he's looking forward to playing with his kid then my first question would be Dane, how do you find that graphics still look gorgeous the yarnies are still adorable these kind of mute like characters that don't talk and they're just you know traveling around these pla- these like you know woodland type environments sometimes industrial environments and you know typical background environments for like a you know village a home and even the river and all that sort of stuff and yeah like i said the music's good i don't feel it quite hit the notices from the first game it just almost felt like it just repeated the ending of the first game it, it still finished on this kind of like oh here's a nice sweet message that you would have on a greeting card somewhere or a postcard that you send to your mum on holiday or your grandma to make her feel good about herself and it I just didn't hit the mark as much, I thought. It just... No, and I mean, one of... We might as well talk about it now. Yeah. Um, so you basically... You start off as an initial Yarny who's somehow on... A boat. A boat, <laughs> and the boat sinks, and your yarn breaks, and you lose your spark. You then end up on an island where you discover a new Yarny, and you join your broken twine, and... Your broken twine? Broken, broken yarn. yarn yeah. um, and, you know, kind of go together to try and... F- find your sparks together yeah forming so, a new bond yeah which is really sweet and by doing that you kind of end up your hub is a lighthouse which obviously goes with the fact that you're you know you lost wrecked at sea so you follow this main story path but each time you finish a level challenges open up as part of that level these challenges are interesting to say the least yeah that's this is one of the biggest criticisms really so um there's seven core levels which is i think felt that was bit i think it was less than the first game which i think had at least eight and they're quite large level they're, they're big enough levels but they i think what they tried to look at is they thought okay we need to make this a bit longer so they add these um like i said they add these challenge stages which are significantly shorter the reason to complete these challenge stages is it unlocks more sort of cosmetic appear no 
characteristics of your Yarnies, like it unlocks new heads, eyes, bodies, and um, I think that's it, because it doesn't unlock the colours. No, it's just, you get uh, all the colours. You get the colours, all the colours at the beginning, which is probably a wise choice, I think. So this is where Unravel, this is a bit like the first game, and definitely the second game was where Unravel's at its worst, where it, this really harsh difficulty curve, where it's a, it becomes a very hard platformer. You know, there's lots of one-hit deaths in very frustrating places. Yeah, it, they create these enemies that, like I black don't, goo, don't I think, think they had them in the first one. Not that I remember. Not that. there was there was certainly one hit death things in the first game, but not like I don't not believe like these oily yeah. black characters. They were quite, that, and they had such a way where in certain backgrounds you couldn't actually really see them. Yeah. So they were kind of hidden. Um, and obviously they, they would move about and you'd swing over and you'd swing straight into it because you just physically couldn't see it was there. And it's also really hard to discern how far it stretches because it's kind of like a, a ghostly thing with little glowy eyes. Yeah. It's kind of hard this to tell. hitbox was impossible yeah, to determine How far its tail comes out or whatever creature thing is. And there are a lot of these levels where some of them in it, you know, really played on the co-op aspects. Yeah, where they did, it's yeah. like a little, there's no enemies, it's just like a puzzle for you to try and free the, the trapped Yarny. And they were really interesting because you had to work together to figure out how to do it. Other levels were you have to swing about and avoid these enemies until this bit breaks the wall or falls down or whatever. And playing two of you, because you can't obviously get the directions in which you're going synced easily together, meant that one of you would fall off or one of you would run into it because you can't, it's following you and you can't go in the same direction. So you end up using the one player aspect that they create where you kind of join the two Yarnies together. So Mm. one person is basically sat watching and because you just can't really physically do it at the same time yeah and that's sort of that's what i think is unravel 2's biggest sadness to me is that a game that almost even on the front cover it's two yarnies which straight away makes you think co-op and join together and you know i i almost feel that the game is more enjoyable alone than it is together which i always feel things defeats the point of you know, its message and stuff, yeah. which is a shame. And that sometimes that, that carries over to the main levels at times. There are, um, like, we're skipping ahead, but like one to the last level where you're traveling down this river both together. It should be a fun experience, you know, you both, you know, jumping around, enjoying yourselves. But again, one of the characters might get left behind because, again, one hit death. And I think we, said, we might have said this already, might have not done, but if one character dies, both of you fail straight away. Mm-hmm. So it's both of you are back to the nearest checkpoint. Checkpoints are reasonable in the main levels but they it, it's not kind well, of in the, in the challenges they don't really exist no it's just that those there's no checkpoints to all you yeah. want to do it all in one go which is and a lot of them are they're like kind of if you're swinging about doing stuff they're like two you there was one level where you know you've done all this section really difficult to get up and round round all these conduits and because the screen hasn't flipped over to the other side, you It'll... don't know that there's enemies at the bottom. So you kind of jump yeah. down, expecting to go on the ground, and you just die. And you just spent ten minutes trying to get to that point. It, it go, yeah, it, that, and that's like one of my big beefs, really, with this. I hate designs like this, where it's almost like you learn by consistently failing. So you have to repeat the same stuff you've learned already over and over and over again. And you know, 
we're busy people. Um, you know, we both work. I don't have time for this crap. I'm not, I'm not a young guy. Even if I was a young guy, I'd probably still find it very frustrating. It's just, uh, I don't know. The weird thing is, and I keep like to emphasize this, I don't mind games that do this, but I think your game needs to be one or the other, really. Like, I, I use the example where we talked about it's like Super Meat Boy, for example, is very much plays on this aspect of absurdly challenging platformer, but it kind of wears, wears that on its sleeve. Pretty much front center. Yeah, we're a tough game. If you don't know, like, like, screw you. Unravel 2, well, Unravel and Unravel, I thought, um, I felt the game would have been so much stronger and probably better appreciated if it was just much more of this puzzle relaxing experience. Like, yeah, you could you could take forever solving a puzzle, like, and we did for some of the challenge sections. You might be there for 20 minutes, maybe, but it's at your own pace. It's not this kind of like, oh, here's all these enemies, oh, you better jump at the right time, make sure don't go, and make sure both of you don't screw up. It, doesn't take into account different skill levels of each player and it's no discredit to you because it's like every game i'm crap at some games that i'm good at others and, and there's some games you're great at that i suck at this is it's not the right balance so some people are like say not good at hardcore platforms i like to think i'm pretty good at this at these sort of hardcore platforms i played loads of platformers when i was really young but so that's what i'm saying and that's why it's better to be like place almost like a solo experience but when you're playing with someone that's not so good it's hard for them and it's hard for them to keep up and keep up that pace and it's difficult and i did sort of say maybe if you had two players that are on the exact same level then maybe mm. but then you still might get that problem where if one of you's not quite getting it in the river on a rouge yeah. you might have that frustration well it's like on the flip side of that where there was the challenge we have to like slide down yeah, yeah. and that was something you know all of them we started to play co-op together but knowing that was in a run where you had to balance it correctly so somehow you had to you know mind meld with each other that you would both stand in the same in order to get there together so you have to join together and so i was like sliding around but then like we're saying you get to a section and suddenly you don't know where to go there is nothing to really easily show you where to go I mean, one of the slightly good points is you could kind of jump out and if it was possible, you could save each other in that yeah, respect because yeah, yeah. you are attached by the yarn. If one of you falls off and yeah, you have the space you, yeah. to do it, you could rescue the other, you could swing off sections with each other. So in that respect, if it was possible to do and the game didn't try and cheat you out of it, you could save each other. Mm. But if it wasn't feasible, all these annoying enemies were in the way, you kind of lost it straight away. And it has, in many ways, actually, the challenges, part of you got the Xtianis at the end, they didn't feel worth it. I no, don't I didn't think, think so. I, I didn't even you think put, the cosmetics were yeah, worth it. Yeah, you put it's in a... so much time and effort into it, and it just felt like it was, like Jan was saying, a way to elongate the game. Yeah. And when we were playing the actual levels, you could kind of gauge what was happening about it, but it, in many ways, it did I mean, the original Unravel kind of did this well, but you did kind of gauge the story out of it, about the fact that, you know, the the bad guys are coming into the forest to kind of take it down and that yeah, the other yeah. woman was trying to save it that was kind of really easy to tell with the boys it was kind of yeah where exactly are they going with this i mean they they just look like they're running off to places they actually really shouldn't be in and the bad guys that come are actually <laughs> the people telling them don't be here you're yeah, going be to get hurt area. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. not like there i mean there's a bit earlier on where it looks like one of the boys is being chased by mm. a guy which yeah are you kind of get but in the industrial part it just looks like they're telling them that they shouldn't be there yeah and the yarn is kind of because there's a fire at one point yep. i mean come on there's no the real, bad boys no real explanation it's really hard to discern where it was going you kind of just i get the whole fact that oh they're making this bond and they're coming together find the spark and all that stuff but, but it I don't felt, think it even no, it doesn't felt, even sort of 
do give that impression that they no, find a spark or anything. It, it just felt a lot more lost in yeah. the storyline. It just felt like you were going along with emotions there, there wasn't anything like in the first one there's that storybook so you're creating that book as you go along which is the, very well set up yeah the pic- you get more pictures you get more yeah. story so you can kind of discern yourself there wasn't any of that in this really so but, yeah because you just re- you sparked a memory actually because in the first game you have yeah you have the book and then at the end of each level you find like a little yarn piece yeah. or something and then they, he attaches that to the book but and then there's a little cute message like the greeting card message yeah. i talked about earlier but it works really well and then in this game they throw that out the window and instead at the end of each level you just find a spark that's it and then that spark zings up in the open like the uh, the hub world area and just opens up the next level it's kind of like Ugh. they did have those you could collect those bit sections where you had to kind of jump up on little yeah, fiery yeah. things and it created these pictures yeah but the background you yeah you couldn't really see them very well they didn't serve any purpose uh, no though. i think it's they just kind a... of sh- they showed the yarnies as birds i think yeah yeah like colorful images and stuff yeah but they were so far away and there was didn't seem to be an option to click on them to see what they actually were that you didn't actually appreciate what you were collecting it was yeah. you know if they were telling the story you couldn't really see what the story was and i mean right at the end you're like jam said you're going down this river and you kind of think oh you just get to play about this is fun which was and good when it lasted yeah. they throw in Oh, there's a waterfall section here that if you hit this watery bit, you die. Yep. Oh, and, and there's some enemies as well. Yeah, you got to jump over them. It's from, oh, I can actually just kind of and mess about, this is fun, to suddenly, oh, I, I don't quite hit that one second mark of a jump that I end up in the water and then you feel mm. bad about the fact that you're killing, killing off both of you and you have to start again. It's not like done well, say, like we were comparing it to Rayman. Yeah, you know, oh, if, yeah, yeah. If Rayman's one very of smart your, design, um, yeah. One character your dies, character, you balloon. Yeah, you yeah. balloon up, you can get past whatever section is difficult if the other person can do it, and then they de balloon you. You know, mm. it's it's kind of lets you roll Very with clever what you're design doing. with Rayman because it, and see, that's why you see, if you can easily play, say, Rayman with like a kid, couldn't you? Yeah. If you're a parent and a kid, I think Rayman's a great game to play together because, yes, it has the enjoyable challenge for everybody. People that want the challenge, it's there, but then the um, the people that are not quite suited to it you can just relax past the challenging bits and then come back together for when you're ready to rejoin it but that's not included here and i know some people i've, I've already had this kind of debate with some people were saying like oh yeah but they like challenging games and they enjoy challenging games. and that is fine there's nothing wrong with that and i say but that's what i find really weird about unravel is that most people that like this sort of thing i don't think would play unravel from its appearance alone and that's why i think that how it looks and how it portrays itself yeah. doesn't look like a game that would appeal to a hardcore platform like i'm awesome at platformers and i'm the best and all that sort of stuff because i mean even the trailers and how they talked about it in e3 is very much in the fact they sharing love, it, you're sharing. Yeah, yeah you're sharing it with people you're sharing it with, like he even says oh, i'm playing this with my kids all that stuff and that it's kind of a that's nice a damn good kid <laughs> a, yeah a nice sort of adventure it's not these challenges are so thrown in that it's not what you're expecting yeah and that's that's it really it's it just creates this stressful dynamic because you obviously want to save these yarnies you yeah. want to unlock this want, i don't want the yarnies to die yeah, you, want, you want to play it and even so you in some of them you do want to play these challenges but you want to do it together and it just yeah. doesn't let you do that it just feels it, oddly, oddly enough how they're linked by this bond but it feels like they're pulling 
yeah, the, it, the game is pulling itself apart mm. in two separate directions. One bit being the hardcore, like you know, aggressive, challenging crowd. And then there is there is the casual element to it. But it, that's when I feel the game is its strongest. When it is just the you know you're both just having fun traversing the platforms, then solving casual casual puzzles, which at times are difficult. But it's much more fun doing it to thing together. But it's sad if they, they the developers haven't sort of come to realise that because it's they basically just carried over what I think was the problems with the first game, but almost emphasised in this game, even more made more even more clear. If they make an Unravel Three, it's that worries me. Thinking that are they going to still go that one? I don't know if that'll happen because I don't know. I don't know how well Unravel did. I know Unravel, Unravel obviously was a success. That was what led to them getting a sequel. But not sure how well this one will do. I mean, we'll see. Time will tell. I mean, got to really stretch to that. I did not want to dislike this game on any scale. And even saying this negativity breaks my heart to my core because this is a game I really, really psyched myself up to enjoy and was really happy to play and still happy I played through it. And especially play, played Sit Cop as well because I felt that. But at the end of the day, to me, it just feels like if you are gonna, if you liked Unravel, I've said this already. If you liked Unravel, because there's um, Lose from Future Monkeys adored Unravel like I did on a similar level, I still recommend um, Unravel Two, but you might just prefer it by yourself, you know, as a, as a solo experience. Tread carefully <laughs> when you play with someone else, especially if they're more of a casual gamer. Maybe if you're both kind of on the same level, hardcore, but I just, I still don't know if I'm convinced that it will still be that great. Because um, I have had people tell me that they did like Unravel 2, but again, I asked them, did you play it car? They said, no, it was um, by itself. So I do think there's fun to be had in Unravel, and that's why I gave it the score I gave it, which is basically like middle of the road, essentially, because there is fun to be had of Unravel 2, but at the same time, I still feel that nothing really changed from the first game. They didn't seem to learn any of the lessons. Breaks my heart. If they do come back, if they do do Unravel 3, and um, they maybe learn from this, I'll be, I'll be more than happy to see it. But if they just carry on down this path, it'd just be sad, really. At this point, maybe it'll be free player co-op on the next yeah, one. We'll see. Yeah. That's well, Unravel. That's Unravel 2. And I don't hate the game. That's no, I say that. no, yeah. we don't hate it. it just disappointed. Yeah, yeah, and slightly bit of rage quitty on my part. Yeah, so, yeah rage quit. <laughs> so on another note that was announced at this E3. Was Xbox was announced Xbox? this one. Yeah. World premiere was following on from the Life is Strange universe mm -hmm. and that was the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. Amethyst and flowers on the table Is it real or a fable? Well I suppose a friend is a friend And we all know how this will end so before we jump into this game, because uh, you are quite a fan of, should we take, let's go to the original because you okay. did like the okay. first one. So what were your thoughts on Life is Strange? On Life is Strange, I I really enjoyed it. I'm one of those people with episodic stuff that I have to wait until everything is out. So mm -hmm. we we didn't hang about, you know, waiting for each one to play. Um, I think we did it in a couple, probably. Couple a week, of week, yeah, week I think about so. weeks, yeah. Yeah, sure. so we kind of consecutive. Oh no, 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 no! Sorry, backtrack. We went away to we Iceland, did. so we, we played up to we got to halfway through f episode four, which was probably a good thing because if we got to the end of episode four and went on holiday, we would have been literally biting our nails yeah. the whole time because that does leave and <laughs> that twelfth episode ends on quite the cliffhanger, which I won't spoil because it's worth playing yes, through. Definitely. So that's how we played it anyway. But we we rapidly flew through it on yeah, the, when we returned. Yeah, and I I really enjoyed it. I 
absolutely loved the soundtrack. I mean, that yeah, is probably the, the music for it. And same with um, Before the Storm, which is we'll the set. But it's just, the music in Life is Strange is amazing. And I think they really follow that through into Captain Spirit as yeah. well. So, and the way in which it really hits with some points that you're playing and watching is really, really valid and really important. It really shows, you know, adds that extra layer to to what you're doing. Mm. Story-wise, I thought it was really great. I love Max's character. Chloe was great as a character. And the voice acting was really good. There were some interesting... <laughs> occasional yep. <laughs> glitch type moments that was, are always fun yeah there was, there was some graphical funness to that yeah. game it was remember it was it was originally on 360 so yeah that's kind of the and it was why, but so. even with that it yeah. was you know it, it added to added to its charm in many ways yeah so i it's something i'd highly recommend i mean moving on we played before the storm which is a prequel to so what were your thoughts on before the storm then i wasn't quite i, I don't know it didn't quite hit the mark as much as what Life is Strange did. I mean, one of the big things was in, I don't know if that's how good the music is, the Life is Strange, the music in the first one, it's just there. It just kind of, they use it in such a way that, I don't want to spoil anything, but it comes along in moments where it just enhances well, yeah, spoil what, it, but yeah, what you're seeing. Or there's a really good scene where, at the start, where Max is listening to it in her headphones. So it's really part of the world. Whereas in Before the Storm, they do these weird... <laughs> I think they're called like scene moments or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, you're sitting down doing nothing. Nothing and, happens. Um, like, it's not really a spoiler, but like one of the infamous bits, she's just lying on the bed yeah. and smoking. And, and, and a song plays. Yeah. But, and it, you you then choose yourself whether to let it keep playing or, or get up. Get yeah. up. And <laughs> majority of the time, when the music comes into it, it's coming into it in these moments. You know, yeah. there's a bit where she's with whatever her name is, Amber, and they're on a train and they're just, on a train they don't do anything they're not talking you know they're just sitting there the only time they really hit it is the scene in the park with the fire yeah the first episode yeah well they i think they kind of did that's the most memorable because that was it it hits the right notes and that's not even a song that's score that's actually but for for, who's the daughters 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 yeah whereas in life is strange the original they have a kind of wide variety yeah. of musicians daughter, strength, yeah, yeah daughter really takes on the band take on a lot of the music for before the storm still good it's still good and i really did enjoy playing it but i think this the fact that you kind of know where it's going and where it's heading it doesn't hold quite as much strength mm. to it but there were some really good good points and obviously they had the bonus episode which mm. is even more of a <laughs> prequel which is young max and young chloe yeah prior to Spoiler alert here, so if anyone hasn't read it, please well, do say. Well, maybe not even spoil it. Maybe say before... It's basically set before a major incident. Yeah, um, before a major incident happens um, to Chloe. Yeah. And this, even in itself, also fell short. It felt that... There... Didn't feel necessary. Yeah, didn't, there's, didn't there's some it. things... If they were going to do it, there's some nods to the other Life is Strange that they could have done mm. that they didn't do, yeah. which would have been really good. It was it was fun, but it just kind of was off off the beaten mark. In really. a weird way, that's kind of my thoughts of Before the Storm. Is It it was in the three episodes that I thought were fine, and in fact, it did surprise me at moments. There were, it, it, mm. it created some interesting talking points to talk about some topics that I didn't expect that they would cover. Definitely that bonus episode 
didn't feel necessary whatsoever. I mean, it, and, it, and I hate to say this, but I felt it ruined some of the, the specialty of how it, the bit that it was based off from the original mm. game, the, the scene that it covers. Because if you played the scene that kind of this echoes, it doesn't fit. So they, they I hate it when games or films do that, where it loses the continuity about that. Things that never need explaining. You know, you think we never need an explanation of why this sort of thing happened. <laughs> the only good thing, the only same grace it has, the bonus episode was the, who is it? Ben, um, ben Howard yeah. does a great song yeah. in it, which I, that, that's, that kind of saved it a bit for me. I was like, that's, yeah. good, that's a good yeah, song. Yeah, again, you know, it's, it's the music of Life is Strange. And then that carries into... Well, before we get that, I'll just say, because people oh. might be saying, well, why on earth are we talking about this game's not co-op? So this is what I want to oh, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that these types of games are really recommended for co-op experiences. That, uh, In terms of, yes, okay, there's no, you're not, they haven't got two controllers. So I get that. And this is not a split screen thing. But most of these games I find are incredibly enjoyable if you have other people in the room, particularly if say what how we play it one person controls and one person makes the decisions although in our case with life is strange it tends to be more of a discussion of what the decision is but say like telltale games it used to be like i controlled it you mm. chose and and I, or, again sometimes i'd override that if i just totally disagreed but which is part of the fun really isn't yeah, it yeah yeah but these are good social games these are social games that are great to play with other people and if I, I get sometimes I had this question from people saying, "Oh, how do I get my partner or other half into a game?" These are great entry point games to do that with because there's no stress whatsoever at all. Doesn't it? You're very indecisive in your decisions. But it's in a fun way, isn't it? It's the if you just kind of get someone used to a controller that's not used to playing because controllers can be quite overwhelming for people who've never held controllers before. You just only used to have to worry about the face buttons and stuff like that. And I find this is a good way to sort of share gaming with someone who may not be huge into gaming really and it's a nice story you can share together and enjoy it and then my favorite bit about these sort of games is it can create interesting discussion things that you might just talk about after the game is over especially the first life is strange that really had some very heavy sort of <laughs> talking points about covering various various issues you know drugs suicide mental health all that sort of stuff which you know surprised me really and even before the song did that um but yeah so that that's that's why we're covering this and this is the, this leads us on to of course the awesome adventures of captain spirit which um oh we should also say that deck five developed before the storm and obviously don't nod one of your favorite developers i'd probably say they obviously did the first game and they're returning to do um the awesome adventures of captain spirit and of course what's coming up very soon is life is strange part two or i don't know if it's part two or season two or whatever they're calling it life is strange two or something like that, which they've kind of revealed now is this sort of expanded universe yeah, yeah. where so all the events are happening in the same world but we're covering different characters and so I've already forgotten the guy's name that we play as in this. What's the little kid's name that you play as in Captain Spirit? Oh dear, we're going to have to look that one up straight away. That's a shame. But yeah, while, while Jam does that, I really enjoyed Captain Spirit. The, yeah. It was a very different... It's free. Yeah, it was free. That was a big thing as well. His name was Chris, the little boy. The fact that they Don't Nod have made this free for everyone is mm. amazing because it's, it's done so well. I mean, this is something I would so willingly have paid for because it, what, lasted for us a bit longer maybe two two to four hours I'd say if you do everything I think you're looking at four hours like you're looking at every nook cranny doing all sorts because you can mess around it's a very casual you know exploratory game it's very sweet you basically play as this little boy who's nine called Chris he has an alter ego that he wants to create called Captain Spirit Mm. who is basically a superhero who he kind of does these sections where you can um, choose different options where he'll kind of like try and turn the telly on with his mind move things with his mind but 
that he kind of does you kind of say he, there's a scene where he's tearing the telly on he's like mm, and it switches on but then it flips to him and he's actually just got the controller by his back yeah you know it's really cute. charming yeah cute, really adorable. cute charming things that keeps kind of keeps you on your toes because these these stuff keeps happening and you're thinking oh what's going on is that something you know if you know obviously max could rewind time yeah it's, yeah. it's kind of making you think about the fact oh maybe he has powers of some kind but it comes kind of tricking you with it he lives with his dad and their mum has died which maybe well maybe we should say spoilers yeah sorry one, everybody it's not i don't know yeah no okay we'll say i'll warn this on the the show notes too that this will have spoilers but it's because it might be worth diving deep into this but i like how they do handle the mother thing because it's not quite straight away they don't sort of you do get a hunch that something's obviously happened but you're almost like is she dead or is yeah. she left or is it because you, you kind of find it out as as time you discover progresses. it through yeah the best way i love in video games is through exploration and reading and you know finding notes and newspaper clippings yeah. and stuff like that and you, you discover what really happened so it's more again it's one of those games that the more you invest in it the more you kind of get out of it in terms of like from a narrative perspective anyway yeah yeah dad is obviously you find out quite Quite early on the bit of deadbeat i guess at this stage but yeah, again he's, it's, he's like yeah. he tries to make him breakfast and he's already drinking at breakfast time it's coming up to christmas and he's like sort of promised to get a real tree but he sort of has a game he wants to watch and yeah you know there's chris creates this little thing about these awesome things he's going to do today and mm. that's kind of like your to-do list so rather than the whole in before the storm where chloe had on her hand conveniently everything that she had to do next you bring up this little piece of paper and each time you've done it because he's kind of drawn the outline of it once you've done it it gets colored in so that's quite really cute that how yeah. that's created to let you know sort of what there is available to, to look and to find one of these things is you know cleaning up their house taking up the recycling and you can tell you know like he's affected by his dad's drinking saying about how horrible that is yeah and kind of getting food for his dad that kind of thing that you know this is a young boy kind of already aware of all the stuff that has to be done and how things have to be looked after but one of the great things is when he starts creating his captain spirits costume yeah, yeah. that's really you, good you guys kind of get to customize it yourself so i guess it's right at the beginning of the game isn't it where you you, you draw well, yeah you, you draw, chris draws but you choose what to do like you choose if you have a mask or a helmet like you, know, you choose gets you kind of gets customized and then you will make that that creation that you've drawn as the game progresses and yeah they really set this kid up to be like just charming through and through you know very innocent and you your, your heart bleeds for the kid straight away i was a little bit concerned that they came across as a bit too strong with the like thinking because that's kind of like i guess that's what life is strange did in the first game where with its kind of sensitive topics of the whole because they do slightly touch on an abusive father as well you know chris has got like a bruise on his arm which mm. i was thinking okay where are they going to go with this and i was very worried that we we're going to get some scene in the game that might allude to that but guess we don't really know because he, he said oh did you tell did you tell us did people ask you how you got that bruise or something yeah. he says that line and comes at the end because you know he, the dad's watching the game and he says oh you always fall asleep he says oh no wake me up and i'll take you for this tree um, yeah. which I won't finish off right now because that's towards the end. You kind of do all these different things, turning the water on because the water heater's not on. So, But there's this really cool thing where he, he goes into the play, the room where it is, but you're actually somewhere else in his imagination yeah, yeah. to attack the dreaded water heater 
so it, that's really interesting how you're you're going into his imagination all the time like a big thing is traveling to this alternate dimension mm. type thing which is getting the dad's car keys and getting in the car and kind of once you've got all your kit ready you can kind of go around and do all these good things which is really fun and then there's another one where he goes to this like exploration tent and this is something like you were saying about exploration about the mother you when you eventually go on the right path he's buried a container of photos of his mom of you know memories mm. of her and that's kind of the more you do the more you find out about you know chris's life mm. Um, which is really interesting. You find out the mother was like, a, like an artist and um, yeah. she used to be, I guess, a comic book artist but then gave it up to be like a teacher or something and obviously to raise Chris as well. Yeah, because you and, find um, these really sweet little... Very charming, um, yeah. ...little comic little... strips as you go around because some are obviously for like... she's that She's drawn them for like... Because he says, oh, I don't really get this when I'm not old enough. Which is but, quite funny, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you, you as, as a, a player understand it, so it's quite funny. And it also gives nods to... The first life is strange by talking about Blackwell Academy, yeah, which does, was yeah. where Max and Chloe uh, attended. So mm. that you know, it's bringing. If you do find all the bits and pieces, it's kind of bringing it together. Yeah. I, I, I like this tone they're going for. That this is a kid living in his imagination. They they change the graphical style appropriately when he's going into his little world. Like there's the bit where he imagines he's taking off on a spaceship in the car and he lands on the moon, and the graphics will change in accordance with what he views in his mind, and that's very very sweet really it's just really cute to sort of you know that you know this poor kid is obviously not you know things aren't great going great for him but he's smiling and he's enjoying himself and he's playing and stuff like that he's blowing up a snowman and your main kind of quest really is just to assemble your costume and then get in a car right like a fake spaceship launch uh, and then the game kind of ends but you can choose to kind of do other things like in the world and then as you do them it'll show on your little quest guide the, these areas coloured in and stuff like that which obviously looks good doing it it surprised me when I read around the game people's feedback people review this game which I always think it's hard to review a game that's free because it's I can understand you are absolutely out to critique anything of course you can but I really struggled to find anything to criticise in this game because I just enjoyed it full and full I thought that like you said, I would have paid money for it. Yeah. I really would have done. Yeah. I would say, if anything, there was a couple of times where I wasn't quite sure where I was going. Like, you knew kind of, when we put this costume together, there was a section where you have to get an S on the cape. And, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. you're kind of trying to figure out where... You kind of know you have to do it, but it's not... Although it's really cute, the whole, oh, this is what I've got, you've got to do today, you kind of can't quite figure out where to do it so sometimes it, it wasn't quite as clear in that respect and there was with the phone i thought that which was, was optional but yeah, yeah but. that was there's a section where you can play this hot dog game on the dad's phone and there's these clues with sort of different numbers because you have mm. to unlock the phone we end i mean we did cheat in the end and looked online yeah which but, there's no shame in doing that yeah so. but it was kind of it was done in such a way where it was the word hot dog spelled out on the phone but the the letters weren't on the phone so it's not something you would have automatically thought of which I get they're trying to make you think of different things well not only that most phones have four number pins so most people assume it's a four number pin it was a really long one so that was you know in itself a bit more just more niggly it wasn't this it's not exactly a problem it's not impossible to figure out but it's not it's more that I guess it's because of where we are at a place in time now as a society of things and stuff we don't that's not where your mind goes and what's more interesting as well is that there is a like locker combination in the game which is based off a date that you find in one of the pictures and stuff like that to find solve that problem that is a four digit code then and i know some people shout at me saying oh yeah but my iphone has a was it a six button yeah fair enough <laughs> whatever basically once you've done all of your tasks 
Are you happy to talk about towards the end? Yeah, yeah. let's go for it. Once you've done all these tasks, which are nice and varied and very sweet, all you've got left is to wake the dad up to go get your tree. Who's fallen asleep. Yeah, and you know as a player that this is obviously something that's not going to go down well. He's obviously gotten drunk, he's obviously passed out, <laughs> you know, but you literally have nowhere else left to go in the game. To progress, you're going to have to wake him up. So upon waking him, he is obviously disorientated, angry. He ends up falling over. You know, there's a real lot of ruckus. And to the point slightly where, you know, you sort of do fear for Chris in the fact that the dad's going to do something because he is annoyed about being woken up and the fact that he's forgotten that he promised to take him for this tree. This in turn gets a knock on the door. A neighbour has come and you have to try and, you know, placate her and try and make her believe that everything's fine. We we, we did slip <laughs> up in the fact that you tell her, you know, oh, we were putting up the tree and, you you know, we slipped over the lights trying to get the tree out and this stuff. But then she asked you what you're going to do for the rest of the day and we told her we were going to get a tree. And obviously, yeah, she picks up on that. I kind of think that she'll catch you out whatever decision you made in some form, but obviously we, yeah. we went the ob- obviously slip-up position. Yeah, so... When you eventually, you know, she says she's going to come back with the her husband or, or somebody. You shut the door and the dad's obviously heard. He's really angry about her, you know, poking her nose in and all this stuff. I can't, I can't remember what, something happens. I don't remember, the dad, does, dad doesn't hurt him or anything, but something, he shouts at him. Oh, he tells him about, he can't look at him because it reminds him of the mother yeah, and he yeah. blames him basically for the mother dying which is an awful thing you know to say to your kid but basically chris runs away because he is you know as you would be hurt by this and runs up into his treehouse so you know you're sort of oh no and you're not expecting and this is sort of it leads to question but this is i think it's true considering it's in the life is strange universe one of the steps breaks and obviously you're thinking oh god he's gonna fall he's gonna hurt himself but as he t- falls he turns and he puts his hand out and stops himself mm-hmm. there's the music is really good in this section i mean that that's come around i mean they i know i'm just sort of going off on a music tangent now music is done the same way like before the storm is where there's a lot of section where you kind of you sit and you listen (laughs) and some bits are sort of filtered in but some of it is not which is a shame because there's like you know plenty of places they could have done it but this time the music kind of does kick in really well it's more of a score actually i think than anything else Makes you, I just makes me slightly worry for the Life is Strange two generally. Is like if they if they lost that creative spark from the first game that worked so well, yeah. and the only way they're gonna they're, they're gonna just shoehorn this music in when people are literally doing bugger all. But yeah, so basically, Captain Spirit has stopped himself from falling and hurting himself, and you know he looks up and the little boy who lives next door has seen him, and that's when it kind of fades out out. and obviously it's sort of meant because the whole game has been about him kind of imagining these things it's kind of this initial moment where you you know i think you thought that it was his imagination that it didn't actually yeah yeah. happen whereas i think from it did happen happen, and it must have happened because you wouldn't imagine yourself falling like that and then you you could not imagine if you fell you know you would really hurt yourself so and with it being you know max can turn back time why can't chris have believed so deeply and he did that he is captain spirit that he would become captain spirit so i think 
future predictions going into it, I think Life is Strange 2 is going to be based around his story and yeah, yeah. that little boy that he sees looking at him as well, that together they're going to be kind of the new Max and Chloe and they're yeah, going to, yeah. you know, create their own story, whether that's to do with the dad or however that's going to come about. So I think it's going to be, be between them. I think it was, you know, overall, I think it, it really surprised. I, I was expecting something much shorter than it was for a freebie as well. And again, completing the interaction, there's even that, that there's a, that hot dog mini game in it as well, which is actually a legitimate little game that you can play. Yeah, so it's, it's crap, but it's weird. not, but it's still, it's still, it's the attention to detail that I, like, I cared about of this is they put a lot of work in for, for a freebie. Massive props don't on, don't, don't obviously don't forget, don't not just release Vampire as well, <laughs> that, that other game. I'm I'm hoping that it all pays off with Life is Strange 2 and hopefully that ends up being a great, because that's going to be obviously a five-part series as well that's starting, I think, September. And knowing how well they did with the last series, that might take a year for the whole thing to come out. Yeah, so, so we'll we will be waiting. Year. We'll talk about it later, much, much later. Get the special edition with the CD soundtrack and, oh, yes. and the art book and all that that jazz. Always has to be done. But yeah, no, really, really, really like Chances of I think it shows promise, especially because people seem to be... I guess kind of leaves me a bit of interest in the kind of story-based games or the Telltale-style games now. As long as you do an interesting story, bring something new, I think there's still room for it. Uh, what I liked about, obviously, this goes to both the original Life Strange, the, the hook really brought me in with the whole, you know, the, the rewind feature was very clever, I thought, where you could see the outcome of different choices. Sadly, that's probably not going to be in this sequel, which is a bit of a shame, because I did really, really like that. Because uh, so I'm never a big fan of the whole, like, you can't see how each decision plays out. One of my favourites in uh, the original being, remember that bit in the cafe with Chloe, not Chloe, Max, nice. where she pours the food on that, that oh, yeah. hobo guy. I just wanted to see what would happen. Because <laughs> that's just you as a player thinking, yep, that's what I just want to see what happened if I do that. Got Unravel 2, meh, and you got a Capture Spirit. Awesome, because it was an awesome adventure. And then that kind of brings us to a close for today, really. So we got to, we're going to finish off this podcast with some very... It is big news, again, really. Um, the, so what's happened? I'm not even quite sure completely how to start with this, because it's always a bit weird. We... I was going to do... I am going to do probably an article based off this, just to explain the situation, but we are moving again. Again. again we moved from Cambridgeshire to Dorset region. Obviously, it's easy counties in England. 18 months ago now and that was a god how far away is that five hours away so it's quite a while people live in america are going what only five hours i've moved state to state to state and stuff like that but and we're moving again you got a new job you've got you've you've been moving up in the world which is fantastic news and it's very very good and a wonderful opportunity so we are now moving to the east of england instead so we are going almost everywhere so yeah, we need to go west at some point and then far north at some point. Yeah, and then, yeah. then we're, we're just going to hit every, every corner. Every <laughs> corner. So it's it's a, a move for a new opportunity, another new life and another new start and all of the fun and stress that comes with that sort of thing. Um, of course, it's not over again. It, like I said this, I think I covered this last time, I'm not leaving Gaming History 101 and not sort of, I won't not have a presence online and stuff like that. But it just might mean there's a little bit of a transition period again while sort of settling into this new thing and getting into a new routine. But And especially because put a bit of preparation into it. I don't we are going to continue doing this particular podcast on some level we we have and we did and um, record two drafts of um, Beyond Two Souls already which was supposed to be this podcast but I thought it would probably be more appropriate to cover Unravel and um, Captain Awesome um, because of course those are a bit more recent a bit more relevant and Beyond Two Souls is an old game and 
that will still be relevant when we cover that at a later day. And it just felt right um, to do that. So we're, yeah, so we're moving on again. You know, it's not goodbye. I, I personally will still have a presence on um, Discord, both on the Game Historian One and the Future Monkeys Discord. And of course, you can catch me on Twitter. And you know, if you want to, you can check out me Tendi on Twitter as well. I mean, you know, we are both there and you catch out how things are going and what we're up to. There are there's sort of more stuff in the works. Is there anything you want to say about the about the news or the move or anything like that? Um, only in the fact that fingers crossed it'll be easier than last year we will get set up easier and we will have internet quicker because that's always quite nice last time this all happened was it two weeks we were out of in- without yeah, internet which is not as bad as people think I mean you know, no it wasn't awful, terrible but, but you don't realise how often you kind of look at you know it's bad really how often society we just kind of look at our phones and blah, blah, blah. society is moving at least the western society at least where we are it's, we're more moving to traditional ages it's not so much us it's that companies like our banking is now even like you know some banks in the in the UK are closing and then they're going to online more or less online only and we're encouraged now to do more internet banking than to actually go into banking so yeah. that <laughs> that that made the move quite difficult I remember because I had to get obviously um, banking on the on the phone <laughs> through 4G yeah. and stuff so I had to change my contract to do that specifically so, yeah it'll be fun we'll, yeah, we'll, watch, we'll be all right watch this space What's... we will obviously keep you updated with when we are back and continue but we will continue to pick up when we get the chance yeah. and screen splitters will screen on I don't we're, really know. <laughs> we're still we're still co-oping it up in fact recently we just finished what was it called um assault android cactus from yes. the, which is the game, yeah. game, game um, gold. we've also got we would like to talk about later the infamous blurred nights oh blood nights yes i do want to cover that game because that was the palette cleanser for unravel 2 yeah. and i i there's so many things i want to say about blood nights <laughs> That, that, I look forward to covering that in yeah, very so, so much that, that will be covered um, um, soon. But yeah, definitely, we've got loads of notes we want to talk about, and hopefully, you guys are enjoying listening to us gabble on about various. People. I will be doing some solo podcasts as well moving forward. I might even do a few before we even move because I don't think this transition is going to be as bad. Because the funny thing is, it's just been around some knowledge. Um, some of our stuff is already packed because we never unpacked it for the first move. Because <laughs> that's how uh, I guess I've been moving around. Right? Who, who knows? We'll probably move again in about two months, and uh, we'll see what happens. But it's exciting it's scary times and I, I just wanted to say as a, a general full as a big thank you to uh, the community has been sort of supportive through through the years on Game History and continues to be supportive it, and thank you for listening to us and everything um, you know we, we genuinely genuinely appreciate it there will be sort of more stuff to come and what I might do as well because I was from your hose I might possibly do a fun bit of YouTube video just a few just really really horrible YouTube videos of filming just my gaming collection before it gets packed away for a second because that's something I really wish I did the previous property but I never did and that's when I ended up getting rid of most of it so I'm not gonna make that mistake this time so I might do it just say so now so, that'll be I think a discord exclusive thing so you have to follow us on the game history on discord to see that it won't be public on YouTube at least we'll see <laughs> we'll see how badly it comes out we'll go from there but anyway so I guess we'll finish up that was the big news but we will be back we'll be back it might take a bit of you know how quick the internet sets up we'll see where things go but if you want to give us a congratulations or just say hi check us out on Twitter or ch- chat to us on Discord we should probably get you on Discord at some point <laughs> go from there so um, this has been Screen Splitters I guess we say in association with Game History on one we well we need, to, we need to think of a tag to finish up let's split (laughs) that's awful that's an awful way to finish the podcast but yeah let's split thanks for thanks for tuning in and we will speak to you very very soon (laughs) bye
Exclusive.